Hello and welcome to Friday afternoon, Groundhog Day on Columbo and Katie. Favorite day. Favorite day. Hello and welcome to Friday afternoon, Groundhog Day (laughs) on Columbo and Katie. Favorite day. (laughs) Hello and welcome to, did you like the movie? The repeating uh, the same day no. every day. Do you no, like no, that no. concept? Do you think that was funny? Did you like that movie? I did not like the movie. Really? I like Bill. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say they didn't like that movie. I, I The performance was <clears throat> outstanding, but the annoyance factor still remains that I, I don't like the idea of being stuck in a loop. <laughs> like, that is that is something that is, you know, besides being buried alive in claustrophobia, the idea of being stuck in a loop for one day and then trying to figure out how to get out of it is like, yai caramba to me. That is horrible. And then he had to figure out all the deeds and be good and it's a morality lesson. It's like, I wouldn't even be thinking about that. I'd be like, what? I mean, it just would be horrible. Horrible. I would be getting, I would be doing like as much as I could. I'd stay awake, didn't try he, to do two days at a time. Didn't he do that? Wasn't like, like the whole thing? Do he was as like, much as I like. What can I do? There was another movie that they that Hulu came out with that was really really good. Same concept of being stuck at like a wedding, and like, mm. and it just was loop after loop after loop. And mm-hmm. that to me just is like, hor- the acting though phenomenal. Bill Murray exceptional acting in Amazing. his day. I mean, he's like one of the funny. He's got some of the most. Funny movies, characters yes. ever. Yes, but just not my not my cup of tea. I understand. Uh, Pucks Tony Phil didn't see his shadow, which means early spring, which I don't even know what that means. Whoop, 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 whoop. Who tracks that? I'm going to ask Steve Templeton this. We're going to talk to Ooh, Steve Templeton in about a half an hour, a little more than a half hour, about 40, about 40 minutes. He will bring us the weekend forecast, all important weekend forecast. Yeah, did you know yesterday it got up to seventy-two? When yesterday? No, but like I don't know. That's I guess we were. That's what the high was. I guess we were probably in here. I knew it was in the sixties. I didn't think it was seventy-two. It was sixty when I got to the car. It was amazing. So we'll find out if mild temperatures and the sunshine is going to stick around for us through the weekend. We'll find out from Steve Templeton about 245. But you know, like they said, I, I told you yesterday that Pugs Tony Phil is only 39% accurate. <laughs> it's he's You have a better chance with a coin flip. Literally. And you do. But, what is, but how, what does that mean? Early spring? Like, when he gets it wrong, like he says, oh, there's going to be an early spring, but then winter... What does that mean winter continues? Winter ends at the same time every year on the same day. You know, know, the equinox and all that happens. Like what determines later down the road, what determines in six weeks or whatever it is, five, however long it is that, oh, this is a long winter or, oh, spring came early. Yeah, what Because it doesn't come early. (laughs) The first day of spring is always the first day is always the same day. The first day of winter and like... <clears throat> what makes who what makes that determination whether he was right or wrong? Maybe I, I honestly it's more don't know. of like if he, like it'll feel. But more? who makes the decision if it feels? Like I could say, like Phil. me saying no because he's wrong all the time. He's missing it. Who's I the one it, who's the who's making the decision whether he was right or wrong in a few weeks? I kept calling him Pucks <laughs> yesterday, and I don't know why it's Phil. Yeah. It's, it's Phil. It's punks. There's an N in there. Punks. P U N X. 
P-U-N-X. Oh, yeah, you're right. Punks. You're right. I think Puck's He's a better. punks. Anyway, he didn't see a shadow, which means there's going to be an early spring, which it sounds great to me, but he's always wrong. So don't get your hopes up. This was the 138th anniversary. 138 years they've been doing this. And there was, did you see any of the pictures? I did. 45,000 people. I uh, 45,000 people. How big is the town? Not that big. Yeah. What, so people are just This is it, man. This is their, up. 45,000 people were there. It happens at like dawn, yeah. so you got to be up super early. <clears throat> Not my kind of thing. Here we go with this. Yeah. Here we go with this again. <sighs> yeah, why why are we racing to the front of the line before dawn to go see Phil? <clears throat> I don't know. 138th anniversary of Phil and the 10th anniversary. I did not know this. We've talked about this a couple of times this week, but I didn't know. I was just bringing it up because of the history with Groundhog Day. I didn't realize this was also a meaningful anniversary of the Staten Island Chuck incident. What were we calling him yesterday? Like New Jersey Mike. New Jersey Mike. (laughs) New Jersey Mike. (laughs) The groundhog in New York is Staten Island Chuck, and it was 10 years ago today that Bill Bill de Blasio dropped Staten Island Chuck. I read a little bit more into this incident with Bill de Blasio. Yeah, that the groundhog actually suffered for multiple days, and then then the zoo tried to cover it up. Like nine days, the the groundhog suffered. But... um, Bill, I was about to call him Phil de Blasio. That's fine. Phil's fine. Bill was actually kind of an A about it. He was coming out on like during these press and media things and they were questioning him and he's like, why would you ever give me an effing groundhog yeah. to hold? Yeah. I didn't realize he, he was, was blaming the zoo. He was blaming everybody. He's like, if you didn't want me to drop it, why would you hand it over to me? Yeah. I'm like, because you were there. They were trying to be ceremonial and have you included in it, bro. Yeah. And then he dropped it. And then it died like several days later at yeah, the zoo. Yeah. The zoo at first like lied about the cause of death. And then it was revealed that it was due to blunt force Ugh, trauma to the head. That's yeah. terrible. Also, it was a girl oh, groundhog. Oh, no. Stand in. It was a stand in. Her name was Charlotte. Staten Island Charlotte that year. Uh, That's who he killed. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> And yeah, then, he was and a then, jerk, a real jerk about it. And then it. ever since then, they they changed um, the way it's done. So now nobody holds it. Nobody holds it yeah, except smart. The, the only person that holds it, if anybody, is the zoo handler. But he's in like a. It has a name too. It's like the. I'm I'm not kidding. It's like the Chuck Mobile or something like that. I'm I'm not kidding. It really is something almost really exactly like to, that. You're really trying to get he's my in blood a boiling. He's in a Chuck. he's in a clear plastic. The Chuck Mobile. Yeah, he's it's like a clear plastic like kennel almost looking thing, and that's what everybody holds and moves around. So you're not actually holding. They so put that into place the year after. Why is Mr. Top Hat holding up the groundhog? Well, that, we're not. Ta- yeah, that's different. But why is he? I still think that that should also remain because he's flinging that groundhog around. He was holding up. 138 years, nobody's killed Phil. I'm just saying, he was really, I mean, it was like, hi, like hoisting the groundhog up. I'd he's got 45,000 people in his town. He's a, it's the happiest day of his life. No, Top Hat They probably make all of their, him. they do, they for sure, they make all of the budget. The city budget is all made in one day. 
and Punxsutawney. I just feel like Top Hat Peacoat should not be hoisted. Oh. Let it to the professionals. Supposed to be in early spring. Thanks, Phil. Someone on our live stream, I just want to say, Tony, um, mm-hmm. on Rumble says, Colombo, it's yeah. weather. Spring weather will move in earlier. It isn't that difficult. If he sees a shadow, six more weeks of winter weather. Yeah, but who makes the determination on the spring weather? Right. Like, I could say, hey, man, it's it's, it's been a lot warmer than usual this year it's in the 50s. And somebody else could say, yeah, but that's not warm enough to be. It's Jump still like spring. who there's got to be. It's there the has to be an actual measurable um, number. You know, there has to be something that's measurable I think to it's make the that determination. That says, like, I think the shadow, the shadow is makes what the makes prediction, it. but what makes the prediction? No, no, when no. do you know whether it's right or wrong? Well, the the shadow is what, I, like, the sun makes the shadow. Correct. And that is what makes the weather prediction because right. it's the placement. But what makes the prediction right or wrong? Yeah. When do you When do you know if he was right or wrong? When do you know? Because he's been wrong most of the time. So, Why, yeah. when is that determination made <laughs> that Oh, this was, he was wrong. It's a long winter or it's an early spring. I get it. I know that it's weather related, but there has to be a, there has to be like a a, a measurable number like that makes gauge. that decision that says, oh, we, no, we didn't get the early spring this year. Yeah. We got the winter continuing. I guess Steve will know. I hope so. I guess Steve knows the groundhog history. Because uh, to me, spring starts on the same day every year. Yeah. It doesn't come early or late. I mean, I know that's the game. I know I get it. I understand what's going on here. I get that this is all fun and games, but still, if you're going to say that he's, if you're going to say whether he was right or wrong, then there's somebody, there's some way to measure whether or not spring came early or didn't. I, get, I know. I get what you're saying. I and get what you're saying. Who makes that determination? And what is that <laughs> determination? We're getting scientific in here. We're getting scientific. Because otherwise, you could just say he's right all the time. Hey, should. we had a warm day, and so spring came early. They like, should. I think they should do that. <laughs> That's what I would do if and I was Phil's people. His PR people, they need a rebranding real quick. Yeah, because 39% is not cutting it. Mm-mm. Yeah. See, we got something real interesting to talk to Steve Templeton about about a half hour from it's now, good 40 stuff. minutes from now. So keep it here for that. Also, we are going to talk to Mark Lauder. Been a while since we've had Mark on the show. He is uh, with the America First Policy Institute. And, of course, he was the chief communications officer for the uh, or strategic communications officer for the Trump Pence 2020 presidential campaign. He was also a uh, personal advisor to both Vice President Pence and President Trump. So perfect guy to talk to as we are now, you know, getting into the thick of things with this presidential election, uh, South Carolina coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So want to want to lean on Mark for some of that insight and expertise uh, about working with Donald Trump and working on a presidential campaign and uh, get his thoughts on where we're at with that right now. Also, Ken Williams from the Vic Porcelli Show going to join us in just a moment to talk about some of these big stories of the day, including one that I know is grinding your gears. The situation in New York with the illegal migrants, it got Mm -hmm. worse today. Mm -hmm. So uh, Lindsey Graham has uh, gone after the DOJ and the DHS over the illegal migrants, and he is demanding to know more information about why they were let go and are they going to be deported. The uh, Senate Judiciary Ranking Member, Senator Graham, is demanding answers from the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security 
on the agency's actions on the illegal migrants who attacked the New York City police officers earlier this week and then were freed without bail. He said, quote, I was saddened but not surprised to hear about the latest consequences of President Biden's illegal immigration crisis, a violent beatdown near Times Square, New York, of several New York police officers by a dozen migrants. This was all in a letter that Senator Graham sent today to Attorney General Merrick Garland and Homeland Security Director Alejandro Mayorkas. He asks in the letter what their respective agencies are going to do in response to this attack and if uh, if these if the people who perpetrated the attack are going to be deported. The letter uh, also says, quote, will the aliens who perpetrated this attack be deported? If so, when? If not, why? Yeah. <clears throat> no brainers. So you'd think, but we learned also today in a report from the New York Post that even if there were plans to do anything with these migrants, you're probably not going to find them anyway because there were seven of them that were arrested and charged. And, and, you know, that were released the other day with the big spectacle of them flipping everybody off. There were seven of them. And at least one of those seven had other pending charges of assault and robbery. So they, they had a they had at least one person in custody who had just assaulted a police officer and also has charges of other charges of assault and robbery. And they still let him go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, according to the New York Post, new report from them today, some of them are already gone from New York City. The New York Post reported that at least four of those seven migrants skipped town on a bus to California. Yep. The Post says that they gave fake names to a church group that assists migrants who want to leave New York City so they could get on the bus. So at least four of the seven gave fake names of this church group, got on a bus, and are now headed to California. Because that's the way it works now. So even if they were planning on deporting or holding accountable these people, they'll never find them. them. And I don't know that they were going to do anything in them anyway. And if you ever needed an argument of why the no-bail system is a bad idea... Case number one. I heard actually case number one thousand because we've seen this kind of thing happen so many times. But this is why, when somebody commits a crime, especially a crime like assault, mm-hmm. you don't book them and then just let them out without bail or anything else, and say, "Now here's your court date. You better come back." I heard this very interesting analysis on CNN of all places, and it was a expert explaining to two hosts on CNN the process of this. And he said that most illegal migrants who get transferred to New York steal, rob, get what they need, money, items, whatever the case may be, wreak havoc, commit the crimes, and then they move to Florida. They sell those things. They sell whatever they stole from New York, whether it be Nikes, clothes, whatever the case may be, sell those items in Florida and then move back to New York because they know that they'll get punished 
in places like Florida. They know that if they commit crimes, whether it be beating up a police officer or law enforcement or stealing items, robbing things or worse, sexually assaulting people, they'll meet their judgment mm-hmm. in a jury in Florida. But if they go back mm-hmm. to New York because everything is so lax as it's just been proven, yeah. they'll get out scot-free and then they'll go to another place, California. And it makes me sad. I don't want... I don't want these people to go to another blue state. That makes me so sad to think that they're going to California and messing things up there, wreaking havoc there, doing dangerous things there. I don't care whether you're a red or a blue state and this is happening. It's sad all the way around. What I care about is that it seems to me that Mayor Mayor Eric Adams doesn't care. He doesn't give a hoot. And neither does Joe Biden. And off to the next place they go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we had an entire summer dedicated to degrading and defaming our law enforcement. We had a 2020 was only dedicated to stealing and robbing and lighting fires on local businesses and then smearing the good names of officers. And and now we have this where people are getting attacked on the streets for doing their job. Nothing is done. No repercussion. And the the. The part that is that is the the most unacceptable is that they are not held to the same standards as regular American citizens. No, they aren't. We don't get we if we assaulted a police officer, if one of you or I assaulted a police officer and then tried to flee to California, they'd track us down. Yeah. Can't track them down, though, because they they're not they're They're here illegally. So they're not using their real names and social security numbers and they're not you you know they don't have a residency they don't have you know they don't have so they can move around and most of the time even if they do have the uh, have them and charge them they don't charge them with the same crimes that they would charge everyday americans it's the doubles on top of the mess at the border total mess uh, on top of the open borders, anything goes, just come on in situation. Once they're here, they, they don't get held. They they don't get held to the same standards as average everyday Americans. They they can, they commit crimes. They, and don't, don't get the same charges and don't get the same sentences as we do. So they're above us. They're above our law. And now and that, they're taking over yeah, centers. So the double standard on top of on top of the mess just makes things even worse. And this is a perfect example of every level of bad. Bad. Every mistake from the top. Everything down. that's wrong with Joe Biden's immigration policy or lack thereof is perfectly encapsulated in this whole story and it should it should make everybody's blood boil because there's no way one of them has one of them has now assaulted police officers assaulted some other citizens robbed and is just living their life Mm -hmm. moving around freely around the country and nobody nobody's even trying to charge them nobody's even nobody even cares next week nobody will care Next week, nobody will care. Yeah. And if you do care, you're like anti-immigrant, racist. racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because you want somebody that's committed crimes to be held accountable. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right, we are going to bring Ken Williams, executive producer of the Vic Porcelli Show. He wasn't on Vic's show today, but he's going to be on ours. What's that Heck tell you yeah. about priorities? Love that. Going to talk to Ken. Uh, one story I want to get his thoughts on. Uh, Joe Biden is <laughs> blaming the grocery stores for the high price of groceries. Not inflation, not anything he's done. Calling out grocery stores in a big way for the high prices that exist in the country right now. Explain that story and much more. Lots to talk about on a busy Friday afternoon here on Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on News music and uh, thank you for joining us here on Colombo and Katie. I'm Tony Colombo. My partner is Katie Fitzpatrick. We are in studio and on the line with us now. He joins us every Friday at this time, usually in studio, but uh, the great Ken Williams is out and about, but uh, still calling in. Ken, you weren't with Vic today, but you're with us. That means a lot. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey Tony and Katie, I'm really upset right now because I was listening to you and Katie earlier, and I, I, I want to know why uh, Congress uh, doesn't have uh, an investigation launched into why Punxsutawney Phil is so bad at his job. Right? <laughs> I agree. He's, I get, yeah, 45,000 oh people show up in uh, in the middle of nowhere Can't it, get it right. to see a groundhog that is less than 40% accurate. Doesn't make <laughs> any amazing. sense to me. Doesn't make no, any sense no, to me. amazing. I wonder, if, I wonder if, if Punxsutawney Phil and Staten Island Chuck always say the same thing. They did today. Staten Island Chuck also said, "Wouldn't early, that be the controversy if they said different things?" Yeah, I wonder if they ever do, or I wonder if the I wonder if they're all on. I wonder no, if the Groundhog Network page. is all yeah. on the same page. Yeah, yeah I think, they, I think they, they they'd, they'd launch all the information on Friday anyway. <laughs> yeah, they would, just like Fanny. <laughs> so, Ken, I want to get your thoughts on uh, a couple stories out there today. This one I thought was particularly eye rolling, and thought. Uh, that was something that you and, and Katie both might uh, have something to say about. President Joe Biden yesterday took aim at grocery stores, blaming them for, quote, ripping people off with high prices amid the uh, inflation crisis that he created. Uh, the blame game uh, went to a new level today. Uh, President Biden's remark came during a speech at the South Carolina's first in the nation dinner in Columbus, South Carolina last night. He said, quote, inflation is coming down. It's now lower in America than any other major economy in the world. The cost of eggs, milk, chicken, gas and so many other essential items have come down. But for all we've done, <laughs> all he's done, but for all we've done to bring prices down, there are still too many corporations in America ripping people off, price gouging, junk fees, greedflation. That's a oh, new one. No shrinkflation. That's no. another new one. And the president said that he's tired of being played for suckers by grocery stores across the country. Shots fired. So, Ken, just so you know, if you're if you're not happy with what you're paying for groceries, don't blame Joe Biden. Blame 
schnooks and deer parks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? That, that's that's proof, Tony and Katie, that they Biden has nothing. They have nothing but Bidenomics, and they and they cannot defend it. Think about this. Remember when the very beginning, when uh, inflation started hitting because of his policies initially, he started blaming the chicken companies. He started blaming the oil companies. He was blaming everybody but the administration themselves. Okay, they're just going back to the same trough because they have nothing else. They can't blame Trump anymore. I mean, they really can't. They own all this. So what are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing. They're they're trying to regurgitate all this stuff that, that they thought they got some ground on last night. But Ken, who is going to be the per like I'm wondering who are the people that are going to buy the story that it's the grocery store's fault that meat and poultry and everything else is upticking. It's exactly what I was I was thinking. Uh, my my question is, is it working? Do people believe it when he says that? Are the people taking that that seriously, do you think, Ken? No, well, here's the thing. Initially, when they did this three years ago, it, it may have worked a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So they thought, well, we'll try it again. This time, people know. Pe- people understand that this is not has nothing to do with anything but the Biden policies. People, even independents, you guys, they're they're saying, no, my my prices are still up. And you know what? Even if inflation has slowed a little bit. The damage has already been done of what's happened over the last three years. This is like Joe Biden. I, I read today that Joe Biden uh, is carefully saying we need to get along. We need to be, you know, yes. across the aisle. You know why they? Had, you you know why he's doing it because he has no other way to get votes. And he's like, hey, I've got to reach across now. He has no choice. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I I have. There's more to that story, and I, I want to get to it in, in just a second. I'm glad you brought that up. We'll get, I want to I want to talk to you about that. Uh, but it, it, to wrap this one up, it, it the the campaign game plan, the message that we are going to hear from Joe Biden throughout the 2024 election process, I think is is now been decided because we keep hearing the same thing. It's this we like blame others, mm-hmm. find other people to blame. I mean, right. saying that he's Ty- I mean, like saying we're tired of being played for suckers by grocery stores. I mean, like that's that's coming right out. Like that's I, a that's a blame game at a new level. Can I add just something to that? Uh-huh. Is that not the most old man thing besides played the for malarkey suckers. tour? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> come on, guys, malarkey tour played for suckers. I'm yeah. like. Dude. He's got to take him out back and lick him. Lick him. Yeah. Beat him like a drum. Um, <laughs> I'll, back, I'll back behind the school. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so it's blame others, and it's what we've heard over and over again. People will be more supportive of the president if they if they just understood what he did. It's it's ignorance to their successes. We've heard that over and over again. The American people, we we just need to do this is speaking as the administration. They keep saying we just need to do a better job of informing the voters on all the things that we've done. And once they realize all these successes that we've had and how much work we've done, then obviously Mm -hmm. they're going to support us. And I just don't think this message of blame other people and tell people that you just don't understand how much we've done. I just don't know that that's a winning strategy, but that is the strategy, Ken. Oh, yeah, it is definitely the strategy because, again, they have nothing else, Tony and Katie. I mean, think about this. 
I won't even say one word about defending Trump or anything right now. What I'm going to say is Trump's policies worked. All I have to do is mention a string of things that Trump did to make us better in living conditions in America. You can't look at Joe Biden and the Biden-Obama administration and say, well, look at all these things that they did are making everything better for Americans. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. So what's he going to have to do? He has no choice but to blame everybody else and then try and deflect. And that's really what's going on right now, guys. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, deflection. I wasn't sure if I was going to, if I was going to do this story today on the show, but Ken, since you just touched on it, it's a, a, a perfect opportunity to, um, you mentioned that, that the president is, is publicly and, and other Democrats too, but specifically the, the president is, is, is publicly playing this game of, of like, we need more civility in politics and we need to, we need to stop the name calling and we need to be nicer to each other. And the people of, you know, Americans are starving for this. So there's an article out today in Politico that talks about this, but also talks about how that's his message publicly. But behind the scenes, Joe Biden specifically is more short tempered, vulgar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just like yelling at people. Like all the opposite of that civility message. He's no more larky. He's turned. It's it's exactly the opposite behind the scenes, and it's worse than ever. So, uh, uh, reading a little bit from this political report on Biden's first day in office, he lectured his staff about the importance of respect and said, "Quote: I'm not joking. Of course, he's never joking. I'm not joking when I say this. If you are ever working with me, and I hear." That you treat another colleague with disrespect or talk down to someone, I promise you, I will fire you on the spot. Mm. And then he repeats, on the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Which is a joke because behind closed doors, and we've talked about this several times on this show, we've reported on his the way he's treated staff members, how um, White House staff will team up if yeah. they have to meet with him yeah. because nobody wants to be alone with the president because he M he's MFing people, staff members, yelling at them, telling them that they're no good at their jobs, like all the opposite of that. And this report today from Politico says it is, it's like it's been ramped up even more specifically when it comes to Donald Trump. And it, and it lists a, a bunch of different quotes, recent quotes uh, that attributed to Joe Biden behind the scenes of staff members calling Donald Trump uh, an effing a-hole, uh, an MF, a sick F, an SOB, and all of these other things. And I think it really goes to show that Donald Trump is living rent-free in what's left of Joe Biden's brain. Mm-hmm. Because if this report is, this political report is right, Ken, he... Like he just he, he if you bring up Donald Trump at the White House, you're getting cussed at. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I love to hear that. Okay, but but if I was if I was on Vic's show right now, I would say let's let's turn on the Wayback Machine for a second and go back to when Joe Biden said that MAGA extremists are the 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 biggest threat to America right now. And what about when Joe said he threatened Americans with F-16s? Okay, Joe was the one who was screaming in front of a a, a, a red backdrop 
against half of the country not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's all Joe. This is all Joe Biden. Now that he's down, he's been knocked down. He's laying on the ground. He's saying, "Hey, can you can can you grab my hand and help me up here, guys? We're friends, okay?" Mm-hmm. So, Ken, whenever we also look at the way that these two, I'm going to say, I'll qualify them as the front runners, Biden and Trump. Whenever they we look at the way that they operate and the way that they perceive their staff and speak with their staff. A lot of the times during the Trump administration for four years, we would hear these leaks and reports that Trump was, you know, a radical and Trump raised his voice and Trump was stern. But then every time you talk to someone from his staff, let's take Dr. Ben Carson, for example, they had nothing but great things to say about how he treated them and how he treated other people in his circle. Do you believe that that's something that now that we're seeing the way that Joe Biden actually functions, is that going to be a leg up for Trump in some way? I think it could be. But Katie, I'm you know, here's a cynic coming out of me. You know, this is all media-driven stuff that we're hearing about right now. I mean, did did the media, did the Biden administration feed this to the media and say, okay, I need you guys to put this out right now because we're having a little trouble here. Um, you know, back when there were leaks everywhere in the Trump administration, they put out fake news. Right now, they could be putting out tailored news. We, we don't know how bad it is or how good it is there. But I think what's happening, in my own personal opinion, is... Joe, the Biden administration and Joe Biden himself and Kamala Harris, they're not wanted by the Democrat Party. So they're starting to put out things about Joe Biden that aren't so good, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You, th- you think that the, the White House feeds the, the press stories, Ken? Is that? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Is that real? <laughs> I, I can't imagine something like that happening. <laughs> not in this day and age. Ken Williams, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join us as we get ready to start the weekend. Uh, appreciate your time, as always. <clears throat> Ken will be back <clears throat> on uh, Tuesday of next week. And, of course, you can hear uh, Ken and Vic every day at 9 a.m. here on News Talk STL. Uh, have a great rest of your trip, my friend, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, you guys, and thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks, Ken. As always. Yeah, <clears throat> great stuff there from Ken Williams. Uh, we're going to get the. Uh, we're gonna talk to Steve Templeton in just a second. I did want to mention this. Um, speaking of Vic, I, gr- growing up Italian, you know, as I have, and, you know, Vic, very Italian as well, I've, I've learned in my life that there are generally two types of Italians. There's Godfather Italians, and there's Rocky Italians. And there's certainly some crossover there. We, I was raised as a Rocky Italian. Sylvester Stallone and the character of Rocky was right below Jesus <laughs> in my house in the, yeah. growing up. So this one hits kind of hard. Carl Weathers, uh, the actor that played Apollo Creed okay. in the Rocky movies. Uh, of course, he was in um, uh, he was in Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was in Happy Gilmore. He was in The Mandalorian recently. Uh, died last night at the age of 76. Uh, no details on his death except that he died peacefully in his sleep. So, sad news there. Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed, dead at the age of 76. Sad. It is. All right. Hopefully, we uh, brighten the mood and we get some good news about the weekend forecast. We're going to talk to Channel 4 Chief, Meteor- Chief Meteorologist Steve Templeton next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. 1994 One News Talk STL. 
Thanks again to Ken Williams for joining us in that last segment. We're going to check in with Steve Templeton and get the weekend forecast here in just a moment. Just about 15 minutes from now, we will talk to Mark Lotter. He is the Chief Communications Officer at the America First Policy Institute, and he is the former Director of Strategic Communications for the Donald Trump 2020 presidential campaign. He's also a former advisor to both Vice President Pence and President Trump, so the perfect person to talk to when you want to get some behind-the-scenes insight when it comes to an election season and a presidential election. So looking forward to catching up with Mark Lauder here in just a few moments. Uh, we're talking about grocery stores in that last segment. Yesterday, Schnucks made an announcement regarding their self-checkout lanes in an effort to increase efficiency and reduce theft. Do you use the uh, self-checkout lanes? I do. So they are, uh, Schnucks is, as of yesterday, putting a new policy that uh, you can only have 10 items or less in your cart when you use the self-checkout lanes. Uh, They released a statement saying, starting today, this was yesterday, starting today, self-checkout lanes and all of our stores will be limited to customers who have 10 items or less to purchase. Customers with more than 10 items will be redirected to our staffed checkout lanes in order to complete their purchases. What do you think? I'm totally okay with that. I Actually, when self-checkout first started happening, it was 20 items or less. And everywhere I went, Target, Walmart, everything. I'm completely okay with it. I'm glad you said that because that's what I thought. I thought there was already a a limit at the grocery store. I know there's not... I know there's not a Target. It's not anymore. Did there used to be? There used to be one at Target, Walmart. All of them had 20 or less. I vividly remember that because it was, a, you know, they were starting out. They were getting everything rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've always, you know, and, and we've always heard reports say that um, from stores like like Target and, you know, stores like that, that they're, they have a major theft issue specifically in the self-checkout lanes. So I'm surprised that not more companies are doing what Schnucks is doing. Let me say this, though. If that's the case and that's happening, then you need more cashiers. Yeah. Because the reason why people that are buying $100 worth of groceries are going to self-checkout is because there's two cashiers working and the line is astronomical. Yeah, they almost almost direct you. They do. So that's fine. But then you have to have more people working. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Schnucks making that announcement as, as starting yesterday. So in in effect now, all area Schnucks stores, if you're going to use the self-checkout lane, you have to have 10 items or less. All right. Joining us on the line now, as he does every Friday afternoon at this time, is Channel 4 Chief Meteorologist Steve Templeton. And Steve, we've been on a kind of a roll here with these temperatures. A lot riding on this weekend forecast, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing good. Don't screw know? it up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I predicted. I don't produce it. I there we go. I understand. I understand. How often do people blame you for the weather? It has to happen all the time. Oh, they do it all the time, but in jest, and it's a great way to break the ice and talk <laughs> weather. And and you know, I even had a guy come up to me at the gym yesterday and said, uh, "Hey, I know you don't want to talk shop," and I'm like, "I love weather. Of course, I want to talk shop." And we sat there and talked for like 20 minutes. That's cool. great. Yeah. So it's all good. Uh, you know, today's definitely cooler. The cloud cover has been so so stubborn and. 
you know, if you could see a, a, a looping map of the cloud cover, the satellite, you would see this sliver of cloud cover over the St. Louis metro, and it's sunny to the southwest, and it's sunny to the northeast. Mm. And, and it's actually even warmer. It's, it's in the 60s down in Farmington while we're stuck in the 40s because of this cloud cover. Mm. We're also on the uh, cool side of the front. So definitely a cooler day today, but the, the, the temperature is actually still above normal, yeah. even though it's much cooler than yesterday's 70s. We're going to deal with... Yeah, what was it? Did, it? did I hear 72 yesterday? Is that right? Uh, yeah. That's yes, insane. The, it was the second warmest February 1st uh, wow. record in St. Louis. That is incredible. The record of 84 holds. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my nice taste of spring, too, you know? We, yeah, I, no kidding. I think we needed that. Mm-hmm. Use more of that. Uh, we, we, we won't get 70s, but we'll definitely still be above normal this weekend, so I think you'll like it. Uh, we are going to clear out, even though it's painfully slow this evening. But then Saturday morning, some patchy fog, especially west of St. Louis, then turning partly to mostly cloudy. 39 in the morning, 56 in the afternoon, normal highs 42, oh, so that's above normal. Absolutely. And then Sunday turns cloudy, 54 for the high, again, above normal. And the rain in the forecast Sunday is south. We're talking like Sullivan to Farmington and south-southwest, and it's going to be light showers, so I expect a dry one in St. Louis on Sunday. So I have a couple of questions. One's going to be about uh, Groundhog Day, but we'll get to that in a <laughs> second. Katie and I were, were talking earlier this week about both of our yards, about the rain earlier in the week it seemed like that there was a excessive amount of rain was that was there was that just because maybe we haven't had a rain like that in a while or was that a particularly heavy rain we were both talking about how our our backyards were basically like walking in uh pudding like it was it's just so saturated after that you know what i think the the big factor is your, your yard hasn't dried out because mm. it's been so cloudy and foggy. And so the lower part of the atmosphere has has been stuck with clouds and so much moisture that the ground hasn't been able to evaporate the moisture up into the air and out of the ground. So the ground is still kind of soggy. Mm. And today's another you know uh, example of that. Uh, yeah. So cloudy skies and still some soggy ground. Right. So uh, Saturday and Sunday in the 50s, and, and it, did any rain at all, in the, a chance of rain at all this weekend? It's going to miss us Sunday, uh, but it'll be south. Our friends down around Sullivan, Farmington, Rolla will get a little rain. Otherwise, next week, it's not until about Thursday we get into a 30% chance of rain. So it's not as active as the past, uh, like, 10 days. Yeah. We're, we're getting one to two, uh, almost three inches of rain, all told, all combined. So instead, this is just uh, rain misses us Sunday and maybe a chance by Thursday. But... By Wednesday, Thursday, I have highs around 60 to 63, so it's wow. definitely a mild trend all the way through next week. Man, well, I'll take it. I'll I take it. I will, too. 50s or 60s and dry for a few days? All about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all about uh, it. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got to ask you this question. I don't know if you have the answer or not, but of course, everybody's talking about Groundhog Day and early spring, late winter, all of this stuff. And one of the stats that we've talked about this week is that Puxatawney Phil is only 39% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Which less than a less than a coin flip. My question is, who determines and how do you determine if it was indeed an early spring or if it was six more weeks of winter? Because if he's if he's right or wrong, if he's only right thirty nine percent of the time, that means there's some kind of metric, there's some kind of measurement to determine whether he was right or wrong. Who's making the decision? <laughs> Of, oh, yeah, this was a year where spring came early. How does that, who makes that call? 
We could spend the whole show on one day just ranting about Puxatoni Phil. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I want to hear it, Steve. I don't know. This is not science. No. Right? And you know, what if it's an early uh, uh, spring in California, but they're still socked in with cold and snow in Boston? I mean, who, who's to say? This is my Question. Steve, this is my yeah. This is my issue. Like somebody's making <laughs> that determination. At, if saving time, let's get rid of it. Amen to that. We were just Come talking on, about that. Steve. We were just talking about that yesterday. Yeah, it, it was on <laughs> somebody's. Were, it was on somebody's. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was on some organization's legislative yeah. priorities for 2024, and it was and it was uh, make daylight savings time permanent. Yeah, make daylight right. savings time permanent and. Yeah. Get and ignore Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah, yeah or at least provide some clarity. Because if he's, if they're the ones that are making the call, you'd think he'd have a better percentage. I feel like leave him alone. <laughs> Let it be. But somebody's deciding whether or not it was an early winter or six, or early spring or six more weeks of winter. But how do you make that determination? Here's the deal: if he sees his shadow is all determined by the fact is it cloudy, then right. he won't see his shadow. Right. If it's sunny, he will. So this one day, this one February second, if it's cloudy in somewhere in Pennsylvania, determines everyone's spring. No, no, it's hogwash. Have you ever have you ever been to Puxatawney? No. There were 45,000 the of it. I think yeah. it'd be fun. There were 45,000 people there today. 45,000 people Insane. went to watch that at dawn. It's crazy. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the big Punxsutawney uh, Tourism Bureau yeah. right there. Well, you know what? They're, they're raking it in. If, uh, if we're going to be in the 50s and 60s for the next few days, I'm going to call that an early spring. Phil wins. <laughs> He'll get this one. Well, he wins 60, this round. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So yeah. right. Right. I do think it's going to cool down. I was looking long term, about mid-February, maybe like the 15th through the 23rd or so. We'll get hit with some cooler. It doesn't look like major frigid air like we had in January. But, yeah. you know, don't, don't expect these uh, 60s to just ride right into March. <laughs> right, yeah. It is pretty amazing that February is already here. Like the first month of the year just seemed to absolutely fly by. But, no, you're you're uh, absolutely right. We're, we're a long way away from being out of the woods as far as winter is concerned. So I don't, nobody should be getting the idea that, uh, that just because we're going to get some nice days here coming up or warm days, I guess, coming up, um, that uh, the, the cold air can't be back with a vengeance at some point. Right. So, yeah, we will. Uh, that's why we rely on you, Steve, to keep us informed about all that stuff. Really appreciate your time as always, my friend. I hope you have a great weekend and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Great talking with you. Yeah, back Thanks, at Steve. You. Great stuff there from Steve Templeton. See, I feel like he should be confused. I do. I'm I'm all about Steve Templeton. Let him run for something. Let he makes him. a great point. What if spring does come early in California, but it's frigid and bl- blizzard in mm-hmm. Boston? Who makes the decision on whether or not Phil's prediction was right? That man's got sense. He does. He's got some. He's sense. got nothing but sense. Nothing but sense. That's a slogan. See, we could be part of the team. He's, Here we go. He's yeah. He's overflowing with sense. Sense. All right. Somebody's overflowing with uh, knowledge that is very helpful this time of year is Mark Lauder from the America First Policy Institute, former communications director of the Trump-Pence 2020 presidential campaign and former advisor to Donald Trump. He can give us some insight on uh, where we're at with this presidential election. And uh, we'll talk to Mark next on Colombo and Katie. (laughs) 